Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chance. The Calgary Flames score a knockout tonight in the Battle of Alberta. 6-3, the Flames beat the Edmonton Oilers at Rogers Place. A dominant performance by the Flames. The Oilers now winless in their last three, 0-2-1. Three games into this five-game homestand. Their record for the season now 33-20-2. Calgary 28-25 and 5. Thanks a lot for joining us live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. And first of all, full marks to the Flames tonight. They came out focused, energized, played with passion, played with a lot of detail in their game. They jumped out to a one nothing lead after just 2 minutes and 2 seconds. By the time the game was 16 minutes old, they led it 3 nothing. On the other hand, the Edmonton Oilers dreadful for most of the night quite frankly uh, the first period which uh, I referred to as sleepy last night well what's worse than sleepy full-on in a coma I, I guess that would be it uh, just horrible hockey by Edmonton in the first period poor defending turnovers no offensive execution they did get a power play goal late in the first period and they did make it semi-interesting in about the first 10 minutes of the second period Zach Hyman scored on a breakaway his second of the night to pull the Oilers within one uh, but then Dryden Hunt got a goal with Darnell Nurse uh, having lost his stick, got a stick from Fogel. The Oilers were disorganized. That made it 4-2. Okay, maybe it's still a game, but shortly after that, Leon Dreisaitl with just a selfish, stupid penalty, quite frankly. And there you go. Uh, Flames scored on the power play to go up 5-2. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. Last game as well. We obviously addressed the, the start, and it was not what we uh, expected. Uh, a couple details that we wanted to make it hard for Calgary, and we didn't do that. And um, you know, looked at the um, you know the first goal where there was a turnover, leads to a chance against, and led to the goal. Um, yeah, we know that the energy is high, and both teams are you know wanting to do really well. And, the more simple that you can play to start a game, it's more important um, at the start of a game than it is even in the uh, start of a third period. Chris, what did you think of Leon's penalty there when you were down 4-2? Um, yeah, it was not one we want to see. It was unacceptable, and I know uh, Leon has taken ownership of that, and um, you know, moving forward, we, we can't have those penalties. You did not play him in his usual spot right after that penalty, and then you had to throw him out when he had a power play. Were you going to play him the rest of that period? I hadn't decided. What do you see defensively? Like, like when you guys were on that streak, defensively you guys were so solid in your own zone. What do you, what do you see you're getting away from maybe uh, 
you know, these last few games. Just attention to detail and maybe a little more urgency in the defensive zone. You know, you give teams a little bit of space and time. A lot of skilled players, they're going to make plays. And I think we're just a step behind. I think we're have good intentions. And it's not that we're taking shortcuts, but I think we're just a little bit um, lethargic, a little bit slow to close um, to close plays. And it's just leading to them giving a little more room and space to make those. And, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And then also, um, through that stretch, the winning stretch, um, you know, our goaltending was outstanding. Like, they covered up a lot of mistakes. So our defensive play was better, but so was our goaltending. And right now, both can be better. You have to nip this in the bet, but it, it you know, you're winning games after the All-Star break, but you're not playing as well as you can. We have to nip this in the bud pretty quickly before suddenly your losses are piling. No, good, te- good teams um, put together long winning streaks, and they also their losing streaks are very short. And not any um, Stanley Cup champion or successful team has not had a lull during the season. It has always happened, and but. Like I said, good teams are able to shorten these, and you know I think we're getting to a point where it's been long enough, and um, we have to um, improve. What are the steps that this team needs to do in order to recalibrate? Well, it starts one thing. We need to come out a lot better at the start of the game, and that's attention to detail and having the energy to play um, right from the start. And um, any successful team has the defensive details, um, you know, not giving up chances, you know, force them to make good plays rather than, you know, just giving them that time. And I think we're just not being as sharp as we had been before. Leon talked about how he needs to lead the way a little bit more in terms of not letting the frustration get away from the group. What are you seeing from your team, you know, as things maybe aren't going the right way, a little bit more consistently in terms of people pulling in the right direction, not letting the negative energy kind of compound problems. There is a little bit of negativity. There is frustration right now, but nothing like there had been before. And um, the comment about Leon, Leon is a leader on our team and a lot of guys look up to him and he has been um, yeah, showing his frustration, but his work ethic has been there and he's been doing things well as he playing at his top of his game. No, but it's still pretty good. And, um, you know, just like him, just like a lot of guys or almost everyone, we can all be a little bit better. So do you feel like you ever got to the top of your game tonight, the place that you wanted to be at any point in this game tonight? You know, I'm surprised. I thought I thought we did get it off to a good start. I thought our energy and our execution, we talk about not having to defend and having good passes, and I, th- I thought we had it at the start of the game, and then we had that turnover, and then, you know, that took a lot of energy out of us, and we're down one. Um, you know, it wasn't like it was the previous game in the third period where we looked pretty good there. Um, I, if we did, it was for a very short period of time. How do you want to address this? You, you don't want to necessarily read the riot act because you don't want the negativity blossoming. Do you visit a hand on a shoulder? Like, what's the what's the next step for the coaches? To- well, I think the coaches we need to coach. We need to teach. Um, yeah, there's individual meetings with players and getting the best out of guys and. 
um, you know, there's things with our systems that we need to improve on, and there's details that have been slacking, and we need to remind the guys and teach it again. And um, it's a long season, and if we haven't addressed something for a long period of time, they're going to forget about it. And obviously, as a coaching staff, we need to address some of those things. And, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. The uh, assists and the effort and everything have clearly been there, but it's, it is nine games, I think, here for Connor. Um, you know, shot totals are down a little bit from last year. What are you seeing in his game? And um, You know, he piled them in last season. What are you seeing from a goal-scoring standpoint from him right now? Um, you know, I think... Uh, I don't can't recall the um, the stretch, the goalless stretch, and when he's passed up shots, and you know, I think of a couple good looks that he had against Boston, um, that he wasn't hesitating. Um, yeah, I, I can't put my finger on it. I'm not sure why. No, I think he's had some good looks. Maybe there's been some opportunities for him to shoot that he's passed, but um, I don't think there's been that many, so I, I can't answer that. Chris, can you let us into your thought process on the timing of and, and the reason to pull a goalie as he did? Just curious. Um, yeah, they were down three with about eight minutes left, um, and there's not many opportunities to pull the goalie. I think the biggest, most important time to pull the goalie is when things can be organized. You're not changing on the fly because then you're always, you don't have your full six guys out there. You're shorthanded for a while. And uh, we're down three with eight minutes, and it's tough to score in this league. And you, um, yeah, I felt that that's, that was the time to be aggressive. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins in Studio 99, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, Calgary 6, Edmonton 3 is the final, really a game. Rob, dominated by the Flames, and I was saying off the top, full credit to Calgary. Came out, poised, energetic, detailed, played well, played hard. Edmonton, the exact opposite. I I mean, completely dreadful tonight, especially in the first period. I mean, really the entire game. But but especially the first period, which will highlight because of how poor the first period was the last game. And because on Wednesday, they trailed Boston 4-1, you know, 35 minutes into the game. So pretty frustrating to be that flat, that negligent in a lot of areas uh, in a Saturday night game against Calgary. You're right. I mean, this is a Calgary Flame team that's already announced that it's trading its two best defensemen. Uh, They're fighting for a playoff spot knowing that their two best D-men are going to be gone and possibly their their all-star goaltender. Yet, there was no quit in them. Uh, They came out hard and hungry. Um, And the others came out slow and undetailed. Uh, I mean, I know that Chris Knobloch just talked about he thought he didn't mind the start and then there was a turnover, but it was more than just a turnover. I mean, Evan Bouchard turns the puck over at the blue line. Puck comes back the other way and then uh, Kadri shrugs off Connor McDavid. So there's your best or your top offensive defenseman and your best player, both guilty on the same, on the first goal of the game. And this is a, a team that talked about the fact that they weren't happy with their starts. They thought the start last game might have been one of their worst of the year. And then those kind of mistakes. And then it just kept going on and on. 
Uh, I know there was three goals against in the first period, but there could have been seven. Uh, Two-on-ones, breakaways. And then that continued the, the whole night. I think Skinner had about three or four breakaways against in this game, a number of odd man breaks. Pucks going out in the slot where the Calgary Flames unimpeded, standing there shooting. And Bob mentioned it a few times, and I agree 100%. This looked a lot like what we saw in the first 12 games of the year, where the Oilers, capable of scoring goals, they scored three goals tonight on home ice, created some good chances offensively, but give up too many chances that your goaltender makes a number of big saves, yet gives up six. So there, this is something that isn't just a one-off. This has been creeping into their game. And, and I said with Bob upstairs, even the last four or five games of their winning streak, there was a lot of games that Oilers didn't play well, but they were playing bad teams and they beat them because the teams were bad. Uh, they had the one great game against Vegas where they, they lost, but since then it's just defensively, miscue after miscue, dumb penalties, frustration penalties. Uh, this is not the same team that we saw win 16 straight where they put the put defense first put discipline first this is a team that has got back to the the ugly ways that they started the season and because of that three straight on home ice well it's 42 goals against in 10 games i know there have been some empty netters in there but you're behind if you're you've already allowed a few goals if you're giving up another one into an empty net and and Knobloch kind of touched on it. it. It's not just goaltending. It's oh, not no. just the defending. It is, I mean, it's called team defense. And I know a goaltender can cover up a lot of mistakes. And I know Skinner's, you know, goals against average hasn't been great. But, I mean, to me, it is everything. And, mm-hmm. and I think when they were defending better, yes, they were getting good goaltending, but it wasn't needed for 20, 25 minutes at a time. It might be like, okay, here's a seven-minute stretch. We got a little bit outplayed. We needed two big saves from Skinner. Or, you know, we had a bad 10-minute stretch. We gave up three grade-A chances. Okay, one went in. But then we recovered. I mean, this is just time after time after time and not getting pucks out and, well, and not covering guys and guys walking in for clear shots. Well, they, they, they gave up three or four breakaways. In a the game, they gave up six goals. And those breakaways were saved. Uh, in the first period, it was, I believe it was Uyghur that walked right in on a partial breakaway. I mean, he's a defenseman, came off the bench. Backdoor wide open chances where they weren't covered. Uh, It was, this was as bad a defensive coverage effort that the Oilers have had since uh, the the month of darkness in October. It was was not good at all. Uh, The Calgary Flames were more physical to start with. They won the races, they won the battles, and the Oilers, instead of taking that frustration and putting it into a work ethic, they took the frustration and took penalties or wanted to punch someone after a whistle or wanted to start a scrum. Use that energy to be uh, the better team. And it's, it's funny when you say 42 goals in 10 games. That was almost the exact stat that started the season because we said the Oilers would have to score five goals a game to be winning. And you can't do that in the National Hockey League. And again, this is a Calgary Flame team that's out of the playoffs. And a Calgary Flame team that really, I mean, this is the best they're going to look the rest of the year. Well, they've already traded a couple of pretty good players. Yeah, well, so. you're right. So it's, it, was, it was a bad start, a bad middle, and frankly, a bad finish. 
James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When an accident's happened, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net this season with $100 to 6.30. Chad Santa's anonymous for every Oilers goal, so it'll be a $300 donation tonight as the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Flames. Awful penalty by Drysdale in the second yep. period. As selfish as you'll see. Um, Knobloch called it unacceptable. And he was asked, you know, if he, if he didn't get a power play, would have he played the rest of the period? And Knobloch said it hadn't decided yet. But just, uh, I, I mean, we had a pretty... I actually enjoyed our chat last night. We had that caller about showing frustration. Yep. I mean, that's clearly over the line. And, and, 100%. I mean, A, he... He was behind Pospisil and brought his stick up into his groin. Yep. You know, gave him the little flick from behind, which you do see players do, unfortunately. And it's not always called. But should be. But should be. That wasn't. The ref's right there. Then he took a healthy run. borderline late run at him, yep. but that's probably not going to be called. Nope. Okay. And then the puck is now going into the Edmonton end. And he just hooks him. He just put his stick up. Well, it was more than his a, shoulders. Yeah, it was a hook and up. Pulled, and, and the referee is like watching all this because he'd seen what Drysaddle was doing mm-hmm. before that. Like, there's no possible way he didn't think he was going to get a penalty there. Well, it was almost he did enough to get the penalty. Okay, he didn't call the first two. I'm going to do something else. And if you don't call this, well, then I'll cross check him as he's going by. It was bad. It, it was, um, especially as a leader on the team. Uh, again, we talked about the frustration him on the bench, and I, I, I've got no issue with players being vocal on the bench. It happens all the time. Usually the cameras don't catch it, but that's fine. But that frustration on the bench doesn't affect your gameplay. Taking a penalty like that, and that ended up being a big penalty because the Flames scored on it. Yeah. So you, you can't do that. As a star player, you you you're not happy when a a guy in the fourth line takes a silly penalty in the offensive zone, and all of a sudden you're sitting on the bench, and you're like, hey, you got to be disciplined. Or if a, a a guy goes out and punches someone in the head, and you're like, he can't do that. But as a star player, you got to be the same. You got to yep. be held the same. And I know that Knobloch didn't play him, and there was a shift out. There was four and four, and Drysaddle didn't come out, but they ended up getting the power play, and he put him out on the ice. Uh, it was. We saw this a lot in the playoffs last year in the LA series when Leon took, I think, three or four slashing penalties behind the play. You just can't do that. And uh, when things are going wrong with your team, and right now things have been going sideways, when things are going sideways, that's when the star players have to be even held to an even higher standard. Yeah, just such a bad penalty. I mean, Hunt had just scored to make it 4 2. Um,. The game wasn't over. I mean, look, Calgary outplayed them. Yep. But, but still, when that happens, you don't know the game's going to end 6-3 or be 6-2. I mean, the, the, the only time the Oilers had anything going was in the first 10 minutes of the second period. Yep. Hyman scores. Everybody's excited. They, they actually had a little bit of pressure finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Hunt scores. It's 4-2. Again, there's still eight minutes left in the period. And I thought to myself, okay, not great. Calgary got it back. But I thought if the Oilers, what the Oilers need to do in the second period is win the period. Mm-hmm. If they win it by two two goals, they're tied. If they win it by a goal, well, now they're within a goal going to the third. So Dreisaitl takes that penalty. Calgary's up. I mean, the game was over. Well, it was e- five two. even if the Oilers go in down two and going into the third period, you're still one power play away from being able to pull your goalie at the end of the game. Because the way the Oilers' power play was going, you're like, okay, they're going to score. But that one, that goal right there, just it's like... You know, you, you, it just and it, it, what it does also is just gives so much momentum to the other team. 
oh. because the Calgary Flames are going to okay, love seeing that we're, flame. Yes, you're, we're under his skin and we made him pay. Yeah. And that's one where you go by him on the bench and you smile or you wink. Or the next time you take a face off with him, you say something to him yeah. to throw him off. You've succeeded. Um, so it, it, it's it, it's not a good penalty. And uh, Knobloch said it was unacceptable. But these are the things that have to be taken out of the Oilers game. To me, I, I thought last year in the the LA series that it was at times like this is what cost the Oilers games. They just took dumb penalties. They just played at times arrogant. And this is too good a team to have to play that way. 6-3, the Flames win it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Uh, also, the early poll tonight. Yeah, I, I like that. 7.39 left. Now the Oilers were down... Three and doing little. Yeah, uh, it was five-two. Uh, Coleman scored thirty seconds later to make it six-two. Well, the what you're you're looking for there is you're looking for a face-off in the offensive zone with your best players rested and going on the ice, and they got both that. You you might not have got that again till the three-minute mark, and at that point you're down three goals. It's over. So I, I I think you go for it. You try. It's it's funny. Hannafin almost got a hat trick tonight because he hit the post from behind his own net. Um, I mean, the, the game's over at that point, but this is a game, in all honesty, it, it would have been a miracle for the Oilers to win this game because they were outplayed from, from start to finish. The Calgary Flames simply, they wanted it more. They honestly just wanted it more in the way this game went throughout the night. All right, 6-3, Calgary takes it. Uh, I set the line at two and a half. How many goals would the Oilers have in the first two minutes, or pardon me, first two periods of the game? <laughs> uh, well, it was under for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. They only got two, so Randy wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. All right, we got more post-game reaction. Uh, you can give us a call as well on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. 6-3, Calgary dominant tonight over the Oilers. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Gaining the line, turning it over. It's going to be a breakaway. Charging toward the net, Blake Coleman shoots, and a blocker save made by Skinner. And that was one Skinner had to have, or it's probably game over. And Coleman up the right-hand side, Drysaddle. Big save, Stuart Skinner. Breakaway opportunity foiled for Blake Coleman. All right, Skinner save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner takes the loss, stops 25 out of 30. Vladar the win, he stops 32 out of 35. First time Skinner has been beaten by the Flames. He was 4-0 against them coming into this game. And uh, Vladar now 2-1 against the Oilers. 6-3 Calgary is the final damage tonight. As we'll update the scoreboard, Rob. For Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Kings beat the Ducks 3-2 in a shootout. Kings are tied with the Oilers for third in the Pacific Division. They dominated that game. The Ducks were held in by good goaltending, but it was a game that the Kings were the better team in. 
Oilers do have a game in hand, so the NHL website will still have them placed third, but the points are even. Predators over the Sharks, 4-2. Wild beat Seattle, 5-2. So a good couple of days uh, for them. The Wild, was that just yesterday they were here? It, like it was funny ago. when I, I said earlier, so yeah, the last time the Oilers played, we talked about them. They always, I thought, was that, last night. That was night. yesterday. Yeah, the Wild, Wilds, I guess it's, there's a lot of teams right now trying to make their run for a playoff spot, and they want to do it right now so that the team doesn't trade all their best players away if they fall out of it. So the Wild making their push right now. Stars beat the Hurricanes 2-1. Canucks knock off the Bruins 3-2 in overtime. Senators beat the Golden Knights 4-3. In a shootout, Golden Knights three up on the Oilers and Kings for second in the Pacific. Bertuzzi a hat trick for the Leafs in a 4-3 win against the Avalanche. Canadians lost 4-3 to the Devils. Panthers beat Washington 3-2 in overtime. Big fight in the Rangers-Flyers game. Rangers won at 2-1. Detroit over St. Louis 6-1. Lightning beat the Islanders 4-2. In the AHL, Bakersfield beats Tucson 3-2. And Canada West... Hockey semifinal, UBC over the U of A 4-2. So the third and decisive third game is tomorrow night. The winner not only goes to the Canada West final against Calgary, they also get a spot in Nationals. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Just, let me just start with that. That's not me. Obviously, you guys, everyone knows you guys are fired up for this game. Just things didn't go well in the first period. Yeah, just, I just got outworked um, from the start. Um, it just seemed like they were ready, and we, uh, for whatever reason, weren't weren't quite ready. Mm-hmm. The theme here was sort of, you know, when does a bad few games turn into a bad ten games turn into a problem here? When do we start to say we saw this earlier in the season and you couldn't control it? Uh, you know, can you control it this time? Yeah, I think I think we can. Um, but you know, talk is talk. We we got to go out and show it. Um, we got to get back to the basics a little bit and just get back to what makes us a, a dangerous a, a dangerous group and um, you know obviously not not a great stretch for us here so um, get, just get back to the basics like I said and, and get back to work and what would you say about the penalty you took in the second period it was a big turning point in the game a little bit yeah uh, undisciplined um, you know stupid stupid penalty on, on my behalf um, you know certainly didn't didn't help our team tonight in, in that way, so um, yeah, take full full ownership uh, with that. It's been a couple of games here, Leon, and I don't know if it's just you know, the cameras noticing or whatever, but the frustration level obviously is creeping up a little bit. How would you say you're kind of managing that, and, and have you been feeling that a little bit more lately? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, things aren't going your way, and, and um, you know, you lose a couple in a row. It's um, you know easy to to get down on yourself. So. Um, you know, something that obviously we, you know, led led by me, um, can do a much better job with, and um, going forward, we'll we'll continue to to chip away at that. Does getting smacked like this kind of be good in a sense that it kind of brings you guys to attention? And like, uh, if you if you do it the right way, it, it can for sure. Um, don't want it to happen too many times and too often, but um, you know, we're all we're all in a race here, so um, just got to dig in and. You know, get back to just doing what we what makes us a good team, and um, that, believe it or not, is, is work-based first. And um, I think if we do that, we'll be fine. It's been a hell of a year. Two nine and one, sixteen and all. Now this, I mean, you guys are riding yeah. the rails. Yeah, it's been been a roller coaster for sure. Um, too much, too much of that. Um, yeah, just gotta 
find a way to to you know get back on track on Monday. Just want to ask about the start today on a couple games in a row here where I know you guys aren't happy with your first period. Lots to get up for tonight, so a little bit concerning with what you came with tonight and maybe why. Yeah, uh, definitely concerning. Um, just you know, it just seems like we weren't ready or, or, or heads weren't into it early and. Um, this league's too good to, to play play catch up all the time, right? So, um, you know, another thing that uh, we'll look at and definitely have to fix. Okay, that's Leon Dreisaitl. So he called his penalty undisciplined and stupid. I doubt anybody listening is going to argue with that. Um, and talking about uh, Rob, we've been through this a lot with this team over the years about bad starts to games. Um, it's not the only reason when they've they've had struggles this year, but these these last two first periods to me are really mind-boggling. Like really mind-boggling. Like just sleepy last night, comatose basically tonight against <laughs> Calgary. But it, it's it's yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, tonight was more than just the first period. But you're right, um, and. and but you go back, and even during the, the winning streak, there was a lot of first periods they weren't good. There's a lot of games that, as the game went on, they got better, and frankly, they were playing teams that weren't as good as them, and they, they simply won because they had more talent. Uh, we talked before this, before we started the, the, the post-All-Star break, we talked about how tough this schedule is going to be, and you're going to really get to uh, find out what kind of team the Oilers are. January, they played a lot of lower lower teams in the standings. And they took care of them, give them credit for that. But they were going to play a much tougher schedule team-wise and schedule-wise. And some of the blemishes in the team has been has been shown. You're, you're starting to see where your strengths are, but you're also certainly seeing where your weaknesses are. The, the strength of this team at one point was they were a great penalty-killing team that would keep games tight defensively and then they would their talent would win late in games well now that's the opposite their penalty killing has not been good they're giving up three plus or four plus goals a game that's all the stuff that they talked about for when they were successful and how they were building for a playoff that's been thrown out of of the house right now because they've gotten completely away from that Uh, wrong side defensively giving up the odd man breaks slow on the back check not covering in your own zone. Uh, those are things that was supposed to be out of their game, and it's not. So uh, it's. I don't know if we're at the concerned level, but we're certainly interested to see how they respond. And you and I talked. You thought last night, okay, this is a game where the Oilers should come out and play well against the Wild. Didn't happen. I said before this game, well, this is a game where you don't have to manufacture emotion or intention to start a game because it's the Flames. And again, it didn't happen. So now you're like, okay, there's a game coming against the LA Kings who you're tied with. Now, if that doesn't bring out the best of the Edmonton Oilers on Monday, it goes from interested to concerning. Yeah. Four, five, and one in their last ten. Um I mean, I, I looked at uh, Columbus's 16-game uh, winning streak, and I think they were one game under fi- over 500 or, or under 500 in their next 16 games. Yep. So we know it's hard to maintain and, and to win. But I think you make a good point, Rob. It's it's also how the Oilers yes. are, are playing. I mean, 
Good game in Vegas. They I think the Dallas game overall was pretty good. Yep. The second period was a little wild, but both ways. Yes, yep. Uh, and, you know, the, that was probably a better checking, quieter game all around by the Oilers. And, yeah, I agree. you know, Arizona's not very good. Did they beat Anaheim since? Or is that still before? I think that oh, was. Oh, they beat Anaheim since. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they that was shut, the game after shut Vegas. Down yeah. In LA, yeah. So, yeah, just to see. To see them so far below kind of what had become the standard for a while. Because don't forget, it wasn't just 16 in a row. It was 24 out of 27. Yes, 100%. Like it, it, was, it, was, it was good. And you're right. Sure, they could have lost some of those games. But it, it, was, it was pretty solid most of the time. It wasn't like massive errors and, and extended like third, like Boston 35 minutes of not playing well tonight. Basically, 60. 52 minutes yeah. of not playing well. well. Like, and, and what 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 you're not happy with is, it's not. I mean, at times it, the the Oilers have been, you know, they're top heavy, but they just they don't have the the third or fourth lines. They're not contributing, and that's that's why they're not winning. Or, or they they need a, a better defenseman here, an upgrade on this guy or that guy. But if you look at this game tonight. And even going to the the, the Minnesota game the other night, uh, Connor McDavid on the first goal. That's his guy, not back-checking. Darnell Nurse on the goal by Dryden Hunt. He has the puck on his stick, and instead of making a play, he tries to hit the guy coming to hit him. He eventually breaks the stick, he loses it. Ekholm gets turned inside out by Backstrom. They don't, or Backlund, they don't score on it, but, I mean, that's your best defensive it's defenseman. It's top and then Leon Dreisaitl, eight players. Yeah, now. Leon Dreisaitl takes a, a needless penalty. So these, these are, it's not just that, you know, there's some depth issues for the Oilers. Right now, the Oilers' best players have not been playing up to their capabilities. And I think that's where the Oilers need to start fixing things, and they can start fixing that come on Monday against a good L.A. King team. 6-3, Calgary wins at Flames 1-4 for four in the power play. The Oilers were 1-3. for three. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. We'll go to the CertainTeed hotline. We have Carlisle standing by. Carlisle, go ahead, please. Hey, Reed, can you hear me? Yes. All right, Reed. Uh, great to uh, be on the the show. Obviously, you guys do a really good job. Uh, just want to hit on a few points. The first one, the dry settle penalty. Obviously, he totally owned it. But what I will say, honestly, Rob, you used to play for the Camelot Blazers. Mm-hmm. That stuff has happened numerous times. And so I want to give her a little bit of slack there. It's, it's all good. No, no, you can't give slack to Leon on that one. That was a bad penalty at a bad time, and he knows it. He knows it, and the no, coach no, knows fair it. Fair enough, but I'm yeah. sure you've been in those situations before. Oh, yeah, guys right? do it. Yeah, but it, but yeah. it's that's something you want out of your game, though. That's You just can't do that. Hey, one good thing that happened tonight was the toughness that this team showed. Okay? They could have easily went down, and they didn't. They, they really battled back, and I thought that was awesome, but... Hey, another thing. I, I was really upset about the pulling the goalie at seven minutes left. I thought that was, uh, you know, maybe not the right right thing to do. But I wanted to get your guys or pick your guys' brain about that. But yeah, okay, we're we'll jump in there, Carlo. Thanks for calling. We we talked about that. I I mean, really, I don't have a problem with it. Well, like, I mean, you're you're playing that terrible. Well, you're down Coach's th- job is to try something. You're down three goals. So you need three goals. 
the McDavid dry settle line was coming on the ice with a face off in the offensive zone. If you don't do it there, the next time the line comes out, it'll be at four minutes. At four minutes, it's too late because you're down three goals. So I had no problem with that. You see it a lot more nowadays. Uh, it just didn't work out. Before we go any further, I, there was a great fight in our game. Yeah. The Anmark fight was fantastic. Yeah. But there was a fight that happened in the National Hockey League between De, was it Delorier. De, Delorier and Rempe of the Rangers, which is a heavyweight fight. Might be the best fight in a decade. I just watched a replay of the fight. At the beginning of the game, when they're in warm-up, they're both stretching. Delorier goes over, and they're talking to each other, and they're joking and laughing. It's hilarious. Like, they're talking, laughing, and then they have a fight where it was, they each threw 20, 25 bombs at each other. I don't understand that lifestyle. Where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you. We can, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to go for a beer afterwards? Okay, but how about at the six-minute mark of the second period, we drop them. All right, I'll see you at center. I don't understand that lifestyle. I give them all the credit in the world, but there were 23 punches in that fight that would have knocked me out. <laughs> like, seriously, that was an unbelievable fight. So, well, it, you, it only, after the first one, the other 22 <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> so, well, save, were, save for me. True, true. Uh, and uh, for the caller that just called about the toughness for the oil, I do give credit to, to Mateus Janmark yeah. for stepping up. Connor McDavid got hit as hard as I've seen him get hit in a long, long time. Uh, Blake Coleman hammered him in and threw him down. And Yanmark went after Coleman the next shift out. Coleman didn't fight. They both got uh, penalties. But right out of the penalty box, Yanmark, Yanmark came out and they fought. And it was a good fight. That's Yanmark's second NHL fight. Well, you know what? He could do it more often because he's really good at it. That was an unbelievable fight. I give Coleman credit, too. He took two or three that could have dropped him. They went at it. Uh, a fantastic fight. Yanmark has a goal. He has a fight. Uh, he was one of the three players that I thought showed up tonight. And it was funny. I, I went through the. I thought Holloway had a pretty good game. I thought he was aggressive and he took the pucks. And then I looked in the stats. He only had seven minutes ice time, which means, A, he was noticeable in the seven minutes he played, but, B, maybe deserved a couple yeah. more. Holloway and Yanmark will share the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Hyman, the third star with two goals. Uh, Zari, the second star. Hannafin, uh, excellent game by him as the first star. Calgary takes it to the Oilers tonight. 6-3 is the final. We have Wayne on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Wayne. Go ahead. Is this Wayne? Yes, go ahead, sir. Hey, I just wanted to say you guys are hilarious. I'm standing here laughing. A greatest fight in hockey history, Dave Brown, Stu Grimson, 17 straight lefts, broken cheek. Anyway, um, what you're talking about with the Oilers is um, it's habits. And there's a quote, we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence is not an act, but a habit. And they have a bad habit of not coming out hungry. Um, I think when they go in, if, if, when, if they go to the playoffs, um, they have to come out a little bit hungrier and not so sleepy. Like maybe they should wake up earlier from their afternoon spaghetti and nap or something. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, it, 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 that, I like that quote. I've heard that before. That it, That is a good quote. But, yeah, hunger, intensity, whatever word you want to use. Pretty, As we've said probably six times tonight, pretty disappointing for yeah. experience. One, Very disappointing for experience. One team had intensity and hunger to start the game, and the other didn't. And yeah. the team that had it was the team that won the hockey game. Okay, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Uh, I mean, look, Zach Hyman, we should mentioned very good shot at 50 which is nice he didn't yep. get two tonight to get to 37 here he is 
You know, what point does it become concerning when you can't put 60 minutes together? <clears throat> a long string of 40, 30 minute games here. Um, I mean, it's an 82 game season. Like, would you like to play perfect every 10 games or every stretch? Sure. Is it, are you going to? Probably not, right? Like, at the same time, you know, we're getting closer to the playoffs and we're still fighting for a spot. So, you know, we have to learn that we can't just flip it on. And I think we're going to win uh, every game in the third period. Like, we have to start on time. Um, you have to play the right way throughout the entire game. And, I mean, obviously we know how to do that. Right? We've, we've proven it this year. So it's just a matter of getting back to work and, and you know, being consistent with it. This seems like one that there should have been no trouble getting up for. It. You know, you're coming off back from losses, you're playing the Flames, and the first period is maybe one of the worst ones. Mm. Yeah, okay. I mean, they say all the right things in the room. Like, everybody was, you know, saying, you know, we're going to be ready for the first period. We're going to be ready to start. Like, it's just a matter of going out and doing it. So I don't have an answer for you. How close did you feel like you came to your game tonight as a team that is? feel like at any point? No. No. Never found it at all. I mean, we got it within 3-2, but, like, I, I I didn't feel like we played our our best at any point. In the Did you? <laughs> no, no. So I mean, we're, we're, you're watching the same game we're playing. Like it, it wasn't uh, obviously it wasn't a good one. You don't want to microanalyze small segments, but it's it's ten games now that haven't been that haven't been you know where you guys want to be now. Is are things going in the wrong direction, or is, again is it just the ebbs and flows of the season? I mean. I think you guys have followed our team a long time. I'm like, there's no concern in the room. Just, it's just, this is what happens during a long season. But at the same time, like I said, you gotta nip it. Like, you can't let what happened at the beginning of the year happen now. So you have to nip it and get back to playing the way that you can play. And I mean, it's not like we've been playing horrible for, since the break. There's been games that we played well in. There's been games that we've battled back in and shown that we can face adversity. And, you know, I think that along an 82-game season, you have to face different types of adversities. We faced some type of adversity in the beginning of the year. You went on a 16-game winning streak or whatever the crazy winning streak was. And, uh, and you know, everybody's used to us just winning. So... We're in a stretch where it's win a game, lose a game since we've been back. And obviously three games in a row here isn't great, but no panic. I think there's a, a strong sense of confidence in this group. Does that come from this being a team that came back from 31st place? Well, yeah, I mean, since I've been here, it feels like this team is always, you know, proves doubt is wrong when our backs are against the wall. Uh, you know, I think... Yeah, this isn't a situation where, you know, it's crazy. Like we're still in a great spot. We're, we're still have played good hockey throughout this little stretch since we've been back. It just hasn't been consistently good as it was before. So we just have to get back to doing it the right way and and uh, doing it consistently. So. All right, that is Zach Hyman after the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Calgary Flames. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no sense panicking. No. That will not help. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I think 
they know what made them successful during the run. They know what they're doing wrong. It's a matter of going out and cleaning it up. And I like what Zach Hyman said where, you know, we talk about it in the dressing room before we come out there, the things that we need to do. It's just a matter of, of going out there and doing it. And it seems as of late that the Oilers need a little adversity in the game before they start playing better. They need to fall behind before they start turning it on. Yeah. The problem when you do that is you do that against a good team. Well, doing good, good they don't they don't fall apart. And the Calgary Flames played a very good hockey game tonight. And what you do when you start slowly is a if it's a an average to below average team you're playing against, you keep them around and you give them belief. And if it's a good team, all of a sudden you're running into a hot goaltender. Now you put more pressure on yourself. So uh, the Oilers have not played well outside of one or two games since the All Star break. Uh, they put themselves in a, a good position playoff-wise with their 16-game winning streak. Having said that, there's a lot of games left, and teams around them are starting to win. Uh, it would be nice to have a home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, but a couple time nights in a row where they've had a chance to get closer yeah, or inch into Vegas, it, yeah. they haven't taken advantage of it. And they do have two more quality teams coming in here to finish this homestand. The others want to certainly finish this homestand in a much better way than they've started it. Alright, 6-3, Calgary wins it. We have Dave on the Certainty Hotline as well. Go ahead, Dave. How are you doing there, Rob Brown? I'm doing fine, thank you. 50 goal score. <laughs> 49, but who's counting? Yeah, well, 49 and a half, meet you in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what's on your mind? Okay, well, I kind of disagree with you on a couple things, but I agree with you on another. Okie dokie. Okay, so what bothered me about a couple things that happened in the game tonight was I seen Ekholm in the corner, and he was getting roughed over there, three on one, and Nurse, he just kind of stood there. That didn't impress me. Like, I not, I understand that you don't want to take a stupid penalty, but on the other hand, you have to stand up for your teammates. Well, that, yeah, I know the play you're talking about. It started with Ekholm cross-checking Huberto from behind. That's yeah. what started the whole play. And that's why when Huberto cross-checked him back, the ref didn't call the penalty because he said, okay, yeah. I didn't call it, so I'm giving you a free one too. And eventually he gave them both slashing penalties. But, but uh, if you're wearing A on your sweater... You stand up for your teammates. Yeah, there, there was no need for anything there. They, I have no problem with that. Ekholm and Huberto were talking about it afterwards. So their yeah. nurse isn't going to come in and fight Jonathan Huberto. I didn't. I, I don't think he should have had the fight. I think he just should have. Been All right. What's your next point, Dave? Seconds. The other point I have to make is, okay, there was one goal because there's quite a few to watch there. Is Skinner got beat? on his glove side mm -hmm. and guess who was standing there I, I think he still would have got beat anyways but there was a defenseman standing there in the crease on the left of the Skinner so okay. even if Skinner would have went to the left to attempt to make the save well his own defenseman was in the way and guess who that was I have no idea. Darnell Nurse. Look so, you, what you, so you're calling right now because you don't like Darnell Nurse? Uh, actually, I love his talent. 
But I've been watching him for 10 years, and I thought, holy man, this guy's going to be awesome. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for that, Dave. We appreciate Bye. it. As the Oilers have lost 6-3 to the uh, Calgary Flames tonight, you will hear from Stuart Skinner. Uh, we'll sneak in a couple more phone calls as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Four on four is over. Now we're going to have a fight right out of the box. And throwing some big right hands. Matthias Yanmark lands two clubbing right hands. Has Coleman in trouble. Chopping right hand. Coleman staggered to his credit. Stays on his feet. Firing back. But Yanmark nailed him with three tremendous right hooks. A titanic tilt at center ice. Decision. Yanmark. Oilers trail the flames. 3-2. You better believe we've got a battle of Alberta tonight at Rogers Place. Well, at that point, we sort of did because it was Mm 3-2 and the Oilers were showing a little bit of fight, so to speak. But, you know, even even after Hyman scored, the the Oilers got that incredibly disorganized sequence in front of their net where Skinner had to make that save sideways to the net. And then, quite frankly, Huberto missing that open net. Shocking. I, I, I don't know if Bouchard's stick maybe distracted him and he thought he would have to change the angle. But but Bouchard didn't block. I th- when it first happened, I thought Bouchard ticked it. He just shot, he it, wide. shot it wide. I mean, he so only... even when the Oilers were playing good, they gave up two or three Let's, great-day chances. Yeah, I mean, this easily could have been ten goals against tonight between the saves he made and the, the opportunities that the Flames missed. Would you like to see Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and McDavid be a line again? I would. I, 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 I liked what the Oilers did when they had consistency in lines. And and they've gotten completely away from that. And at John Shannon said it best at the beginning of the game tonight that Connor and Leon are like a drug. And you just, as a coach, when things go sideways, you just feel you need more and more of them. And we do know from past experiences here in Edmonton, the Oilers are better come playoff time when Connor and Leon are running their own lines. And right now, every period seems to be a different line. And this is just what we saw with Tippett and McClellan and Hitchcock and every other coach that's been here before, the Oilers played their best when there was consistency from first line through four. All right, we got Alex on the Certainty Hotline as well. Go ahead, Alex. Hi, guys. Yeah, Rob, I was actually going to uh, talk about that, about the lines, and, you know, knowing that uh, there didn't seem to be consistency from, from game to game. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a time to panic. I do think this team's got to grow up a little bit here. Uh, they're not playing for each other, and they look like they're playing stoned out there. I don't know what they're doing, but, you know, there just seems to be a, a lack of commitment. And, uh, I mean, obviously when they were 16-0, everything was perfect. And you're right, they, we all know they played some lesser teams at a soft schedule. And But, man, oh, man, this schedule gets tough now. I looked at March 2nd to March 10th. They played six games and nine nights there. And um, But I just wanted to... Something I've noticed here, I don't know if you agree with me or not, uh, Skinner looks like he's just playing back too much, like he's, he's always in the, in the paint. And when pucks are shot out from, uh, from far away, and I'm just wondering, should, this, should he be coming out just a little bit more? And I have noticed that negative body lines from him too after every goal, his head's down and, you know, um, I, I haven't noticed I, I am the, I interested haven't noticed in the thinking out a few pieces to the, to the puzzle here, playoff and playoffs, but... Uh, I don't know. I just think, you know, seriously, it drives a little tonight. I mean, you know, 
Uh, guys got to grow up, you know. I mean, we've seen uh, the negative body uh, language from him for years now, and I don't even know if the guy enjoys playing hockey because obviously the cameras are on the guys. You know, every game we see everything out there, and but anyway, uh, a little frustrated, okay. but uh, I am getting a little thanks, concerned Alex. about the goaltending. Okay, thanks. I, I mean, we've touched the the dry settle thing. I do believe he enjoys the game of hockey. Yeah, easy. Um, as for Skinner, I haven't seen the the negative body language at all. I think that's the one thing that Skinner has been always good at uh, is is just focusing on the next shot. As for being too far in his net, that's something that uh, you you can talk with a goalie guy about. I know nothing about goaltending. Um, I know that they're supposed to stop the pucks, and, and that's about it. Uh, he has not been as good since the All-Star break. I think that's fairly obvious. Uh, what he's doing different is something that... I, do you still have Kelly Rudy on your show yep. occasionally? That's yeah, something that, yep. yeah, that was something that you can talk to Kelly about. But uh, I, I don't think... The one thing that I found about Stuart Skinner, whether it's things are going good or things are going bad, he seems to have a fairly even keel. So I wouldn't worry about his his body language or getting down on himself. I, I think that uh, he he'll bounce back, and the Oilers certainly need him to bounce back and play better. But this isn't just a Stuart Skinner thing. This is a poor Edmonton Oilers defensive thing right now. The whole Oilers team is not playing good defensively. Flames win at 6-3. You'll hear from Stuart Skinner when we get you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Ugly night for the Oilers. They fell behind two minutes and two seconds into the game. On a goal by Kadri, Pospisil scored, Hannafin scored. It was 3-0 for the Flames. Hyman got one back late in the first period. Then he scored on a breakaway in the second, but then Hunt made it 4-2, Hannafin 5-2. Coleman got an empty netter in the third. Yanmark would score one after that. 6-3, the Flames beat the Oilers. Here's goaltender Stuart Skinner. Just a thought on that start, Stuart. Like, it looks like, obviously, this is a game you guys were fired up for, but just got out of the gate late. Yeah. Um, they uh, obviously scored on their chances. Um, yeah, it's the way it rolls sometimes. Uh, it's kind of how you respond after that. Uh, I thought we did a good job for majority of the part. Just do four, five, and one since the All-Star break. How do you kind of troubleshoot this and maybe recalibrate as a group moving forward? Yeah, um, I think just learn, learning from our mistakes. Um, you know, this could be the best thing for our group heading down the stretch. Um, just learning how to um, not have stretches that we're having right now um, where it's kind of... You know, just not, we're not doing our thing. Um, and that uh, starts with me. I know you'll take a look after the fact, but what's your early sense on your night tonight? How did you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I felt good. Um, obviously, uh, didn't look good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just going to look back at all the, all the goals against and kind of make sure I work on those things. Um, and, yeah, just keep on growing as a... As a, as a goalie here. You played behind two different teams here. You played behind the team for a long stretch that was that was giving up nothing. You know, you were letting in one a night. Now you're playing behind a team that's given up lots. Uh, is it hard to be the same goalie behind both teams? Um, 
Is it, it's hard both both ways because uh, you still got a I still got a job to do and um, still fighting to obviously make saves uh, either side. Um, but uh, I think it, you know either way it starts with me. Um, either way I got saves to make. Uh, and it's I'm not doing that as of right now. I mean my goals against average the last two games feels like a hundred, but um, it's just uh, kind of the way it's been going right now. So again, it's just kind of recalibrating and you know refocusing on you know when things were going well, um, you know through that 16 this game is, stretch. It feel like the first month of the season for you though. This stretch you're on now, where all the goals are going in, you're thinking what's going on here. Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. This doesn't feel in your own mind like the first month of the season in terms of your own play when the goals are going in. It's just a bad stretch. Does it feel like it? Yeah. Um, it's it's different. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe we feel like the results are kind of happening like that way. Um, but again, that's that's also a season. Like with 82 games, it's we started here, we came back up, and then you know going back uh, down a little bit, and then going back up, and it's a bit of a roller coaster. So I think uh, again, it's just trying to you know stop it where it's at right now. Um, does it feel like it's at the beginning of the season? Uh, really hard to say. It was not a spot you guys enjoyed being in. You fought your way out of it. Does the stress of you know worrying about heading back in that direction maybe get to the group a bit? How are you managing sort of the, the frustration and the, the not wanting that to go that way again? Yeah. Um... I can only really speak for myself personally. Uh, I know that the team, we, we got a lot of resiliency. Um, and you even saw that tonight. Like, sure, it wasn't going well, but man, were we fighting out there, you know? Um, literally and figuratively. Um, you know, we were grinding and we were, uh, we never gave up, which is, you know, really important for this group. No matter if it's 10 nothing the other team, we, uh, the guys in here we don't give up but um for myself personally i think it's just managing kind of the emotions of it you, you know you, you do feel frustrated obviously with the results but um ultimately um i can't do anything about it now so uh but what i can do is you know look back on what i can do to improve to help this team to win so just going back to the recalibration that you talked about is it an additional challenge trying to recalibrate on the fly with so many games in such few days yeah uh it's kind of the nhl now like um you know you, you don't you don't have too much time to you know overthink everything and change the whole script so it's you know little uh little details um and that's also everyone's game i think we're good enough where it's not like you have to uh, change a whole bunch of things, but just you know, minimizing the uh, the mistakes that we're making. Have you ever been pulled that early for after that? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know what? It's a good call though by Nauber. I mean, if we you know, like goes the other way around, it's a tight game. We're right back in it. We win the draw. We go back in. You know, I got pulled again. We, uh, it gives us a shot. All right, Stuart Skinner, I don't know if you could hear all that last one. He said he didn't mind that uh, early poll with the uh, empty net down three with about seven and a half minutes left. Yeah, really rough night for the Oilers. They are uh, winless in their last three, and they will try to get back on the right track Monday. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Six o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 against the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks to Brendan Escott for getting all that post-game audio and for working on the story on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to our game day engineer, Troy Bowler, and to our studio producer tonight, Angie Quinnell. We've been live in Studio 99 on behalf of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Flames beat the Oilers 6-3.